pooling. To the bat cave. So, a quick confession. Even though I am a self self uh, self oh I just self, lost the self, word self self proclaimed self proclaimed. Thank you. I'm sure there's a different word for that. That I was. <laughs> Why am for. I thinking you? That makes no I sense. I don't know. Okay. But honestly, Hunter, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Though I am a self-proclaimed astrophysicist, sure, that, neurosurgeon, sure, uh, theoretical biologist, I can't say uh, the word I want to say. I'm just going to let it sit Computer scientist, okay. <laughs> and general wonderkind whiz kid, oh. or maybe wunderkind, if you want to go back oh. to your Germanic roots for a moment. Okay. I messed up the audio so badly on our last episode. Yeah. Uh, that we tried to record one week ago today that we promptly burnt it and threw it in the trash. I don't even know how you did that to a WAV file, but I saw it with my own eyes, so it's real. Here's one thing I learned about computers and their, their structure, Hunter. If you uh-huh. open up your file explorer okay. and you navigate to the file okay. and then take a bottle of Old Spice body spray and a right. a um, thumb strike style Bic lighter. And, and a fingernail cast- from Steve Jobs? No, MacGyver. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Just, it, the, it's a very simple technique. You just oh. Oh. fire an aerosol. Okay. And if you actually spray a, a plume of flame onto your monitor where that <laughs> file is currently being displayed, yeah, it does not actually remove the file from your hard drive. I learned oh. this, but Strange. I do have a, a black spot on my monitor now. Oh. Um. But I'm considering it a stigmata because I'm also a self-proclaimed theologian. Ah, very good. And Jesus has blessed my monitor with the holy fire of Old Spice Fiji. Old Spice Fiji? (laughs) Yeah. Good. Quick quick tip for listeners out there. Smells better pre-burnt. So if you're going to go on a date or some kind of, uh, of, maybe you're leaving the gym and you're freshen up for a minute, just leave it unburnt. And it's unburnt formed. The scent performs... I always, As you'd expect. I always preheat my oven to 300 degrees and then bake my deodorant for about five minutes. <laughs> Just, you know, it's nice to get it in a, <laughs> a nice thin layer, melted yeah. at the bottom, and then let yeah. it re-solidify into a type of sweat-proof gravel. I just wrap it around my torso, and then it is good for a week. <laughs> <laughs> that is nasty. This really um, gross. It's the nastiest no, thing I've said today. Real, real, I work in uh, construction, so my my girlfriend got. We've literally been talking about nothing else in my apartment for like three weeks. Okay, my girlfriend uh, was over and she had a, like a problem with her back, so she took a sock and put rice in it. Uh huh. Because I've apparently this. this is okay. Here's the thing, and, and she put it in the microwave, right? Okay. To heat Fair up. Enough. It was a yeah, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to do this with a cotton sock. Mm-hmm. This sock was nylon and polyester. Oh no! Literally had to pull a flaming sock no. out of the microwave no. and run it to the sink. I'm cut. I, it's one of the reasons that this podcast isn't in video is because I look like Two Face. Yeah, um, I'm covered in burns and mars and different scars and whatnot. I was, but I was going to ask, but I just didn't want to because I didn't really care. And I didn't yeah. think the viewers really wanted, you know, it's bad podcasting, you know, when you're talking about like an image. So I just didn't right. want to like ruin the podcast by talking about all your scars. So 
Anyway. I wish I knew a clever two-faced line to come back to that, but the only thing I can think of is I make my own own luck. That's pretty good. And I was born with a Harvey Dent in my head. Um, (laughs) Anyhow. Harvey Dent in my head. (laughs) That is a terrible, terrible pun. Let's rein it in. Let's pull it back in for a moment. Um, Yeah, what is the show, by the way? What what are are people listening to? Carl Pooling, a a age-old classic, um, one of the greats, that in ages gone by, in time immemorial, used to be recorded in the moving cab of a 2010 Honda Civic, but because coronavirus means that I can't go anywhere without putting in a protective... Uh, I can't use any of the things I wanted to say just there. And Uh, cut. And cut. Um, (laughs) Without without, uh, dousing myself in an antiseptic and feeling each orifice independently with cotton. Torso wrap. Um, Yeah. Without becoming effectively a callback to 1988's Boy in the Bubble. (laughs) I also don't check me on that year here's a quick comedy tip for everyone i know it's my second quick tip you just if you just make up the year you think something happened it's funnier and like 98 percent of people won't check you on it oh my gosh that's i remember laughing like that in the year 1991 <laughs> that was a pretty good joke i'm right remembering there. it right now i'm remembering um, that laugh right now anyhow so we don't drive anymore hunter we changed jobs anyway we got rid of the car uh, there's no. no more cars. We live in the singularity. <laughs> Tesla's a lie. So now I've we just been, record it as a standard podcast. I've been ripping metal off cars and making spears out of them because I'm pretty sure my neighbors are coming for my food and my uh, soda, whatever <laughs> else. There's not alive. enough fury road in the world right now, Hunter. There's and not. You are carrying the torch and the silver spray paint for all of us. I breathe chrome. Or something like that. I don't remember what it is, That's but I'm such a doing good movie. it. Yeah, yeah, but no, for me, honestly. Yeah, but no for you. Yeah, but no. I, I don't know what it was about that movie. It didn't do it. I was and I was really excited about it because I love the Mad Max paint theme. Yeah, essence. And I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Um, probably because I'm. Were a you annoyed at the dykiness of the female lead's haircut? No, for that the didn't majority of the movie. No, no, okay. no, that didn't bother me at all. I, I was just, I don't know. There's not, there's not a huge. This is gonna sound a little funny. I didn't really feel. I just didn't connect with the plot. The plot felt kind of like muddled to me. I, I don't know. I don't know how you mess up that plot, but well, I don't know. You, you passed my secret sexism test. This Uh-oh. is the first of many. Uh oh. Um, all right. Uh. You know what movie I just watched that was fantastic? Uh, no. I just watched Interstellar. And oh, yeah. Holy God, that movie is undeniable. Really? I, I, could, I could talk about that movie for 75 years. There's so much in it. And also, one of the things that I loved about it the most uh-huh. is that apart from some sequences where they were trying to physically display some... Uh, some impossible to render dimensionality style theoretical physics. Okay. The theoretical physics in that movie were pretty much spot on. They nailed special relativity. And Weird. it's funny because I read a bunch of re- 
reviews that were like, they they screwed up general relativity in this movie. And I'm like, well, yeah, but general relativity is like as old as dirt. You get with the special relativity. And even the quantum mechanics in it were, uh, if not a little, they took a little liberties, but very engaging. And they obviously tried to stick to the source material. It was written by Christopher Nolan and his brother, actually. And what one other cool thing about it is that the... Uh, was his name Hunter Nolan? That would be cool, wouldn't it? That would be really it, cool. I don't think it is. I think it's like okay. Mark. Um, ah, what an idiot. But the the uh, there's a, a one specific sequence, effectively, where they cross the... A, a couple of the cast cross the event horizon of a black hole mm-hmm. with the goal of sending data back out, which, of course, Stephen Hawking thought was impossible that nothing could traverse the boundary of a black hole. But then with quantum mechanics and quantum entanglement, we saw that even though light can't escape a black hole, in theory, because of quantum annihilation, you could actually destroy a pair of entangled quantums and make them reappear outside of the event horizon. Hmm. Um, And they basically guessed at it in the movie. And seriously, this came out in in 2013. And then I think it was 2014 or 2015 when they they published this uh, paper on the theoretical possibility under quantum mechanics that not light, but data could escape from the event horizon. And that's exactly what this movie kind of like poked at. So anyway, you they had their kidding. finger on the pulse. It, it was a masterpiece. That's crazy, dude. Maybe we, for I a should, lot of reasons. maybe I should check that one out. And then we uh, do that on the podcast. I know we haven't touched a movie in a long time. That might be a fun one. Yeah, that might be a fun one. Uh, okay. On the other hand, today's episode. Today's uh, episode. So, Hunter, before we, we stare down the barrel of uh, the side-by-side 12-gauge, which is Antifa BLM, and then the secret yep. shotgun bayonet of the media, um, okay. <laughs> which no one uses the bayonet on shotgun. Don't be ridiculous. Right. Unless you play might. Oh, Gears of War. Right. Then you do. Uh then why don't you give us the uh, the roadkill? Yeah, uh, I tell you what, Christopher, um, we we've done a lot of segments on roadkill that are just out of this world nuts. And today, boy howdy, did I get did I get something just spicy? And I'm really excited to share it with you. Do you think um, you have for me the king of the kill, which is yeah, a new term? I just made up to crown the best roadkill yeah i think i got the king of the kill um hold on uh i'm gonna be reading directly from cnn uh politics um tough start tough start uh let me see if i can pronounce this uh joe biden picks kamala harris as his running mate (laughs) so uh i mean i've read some spicy things uh, to you concerning, you know, what the left has done. Uh, it's stuff that's not even <laughs> worth talking about. But, uh, I mean, I don't even know how. I think we just end the show right now. <laughs> I mean, there's just not how much more to say. do you take child sniffing and corn popping and rusty razor blading and leg herring and somehow make it less oh appealing? God. You Whoa. add in the federal prosecutor... Who lied about listening to Snoop Dogg? <laughs> That's the move right there. That is the I, move. I, I think I said federal. Was she state prosecutor? State, I think she's California, California state prosecutor. Yes, sir. Anyway, uh, that is a powerful ticket. 
And oh, man. How you beat Agent Orange and Uncle Catholic with that mix, I don't know. But here we, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think the thing to me that is just so... This just tells you that nothing matters and it's all lies. Is like her slam takedown of Joe Biden months ago in one of the Democratic debates. Oh, yeah. And now they're together. I mean, no, mm-hmm. like something, something smells, dude, you know, and it's all just shammy, swampy nastiness. Well, um, do you remember when when Biden was debating Bernie, which was like, I think the last time I saw light behind his eyes uh, <laughs> and probably will be the last time he basically just said on on air, I'm I'm going to pick a black woman to be my running mate. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. everyone was like, what about you, Bernie? And he's like, I'm pretty left but i'm not that dumb uh, i'm just gonna look at and see who's qualified like a human being and then everyone Insanity. was like i can't believe he wouldn't commit to picking a black woman the most right. qualified uh at any rate kamala harris uh it seems like a pitiful choice kamala harris i mean if you want to tick a demographic box well done you did it you got yeah. woman and black well Click done. the black lady that if has put more black men away for minor drug offenses than any other black lady on the planet. Sure. But if you, if the goal was to get somebody in the vice presidential slot who wasn't what people think of when they think swampy politics and somebody who will just say anything to get ahead, you failed, you know, and, that's that. I mean, and there's nothing the, more to the it. The sad to thing about both of them is that they have, over the course of their campaigning, over the course of their careers, they have capitulated so hard, right, right, to this radical, um, leftist, insane social, air quotes, progressivism. Right. Uh, you know, Kamala was the tough on crime junkyard dog in california while she was there and now she's reversed all of her decisions and talked about you know how bad the police are and i'm like you were there you were their hit their hit guy right and then joe biden on the other hand for one needed to move a little bit to the left and i rarely say this but there's clips of him back uh years ago when he was in the senate talking about talking about how integrating schools would cause it to be a race jungle. Yes, the word jungle. Yes. And it's like, okay, actually you might need a little, like maybe white guilt is good if you say stuff (laughs) like race jungle. Like you probably should, I would just call it guilt because that's a nasty thing to say. But at any rate, you've seen them move so far. They'll just do whatever they need to do to get the woke vote. And the woke vote is a joke, bloke. Nice. Good rhymes. Yeah. Thanks. Um, how do you feel about when Joe Biden wins the nomination to the presidency uh, this fall and then, uh, God forbid, passes Kamala Harris is now the first uh, woman president of the it, United I, States of America? Mixed feelings, honey. Okay. Mixed feelings because I think she, she's absolutely unqualified and... I don't think anything would piss Hillary Clinton off more. <laughs> so, That's so good. I so, only hope that whoever murdered Epstein uh-huh. doesn't get found out. So Hillary Clinton's not placed in a 
Faraday cage deep under the earth before that radio broadcast goes out so that she can feel the pain that she deserves. That's good. That's really good. Oh, man. One day. Okay. Well, anyway, so obviously not typically what comes into this segment, but it was relevant. It happened today. And gosh dang it, we're topical on this show. That's why we're going to talk about something that's not topical topical like a really good ointment. Yeah. You don't put us in your... (laughs) Apply it directly to the forehead. (laughs) Apply directly to the forehead. (laughs) Even the top of the forehead. Even better, you know. Who wants to be on the sides of a forehead? That's a temple. Gross. Okay. Um... And the face bone's connected to the neck bone. That's a really good song. I still can't memorize it all. <laughs> yeah, especially it seems like you're still struggling. Yeah, I'm still working on that one, Mom. Okay, man. So today's show, we wanted to talk uh, a good deal about all the rioting that has been happening. There's basically been two po- two major news stories that have been uh, the only topic since we've been off the air it feels like which has been yeah. covid which we took the chance to tackle two weeks ago and then also the rioting that's been going uh surrounding the black lives matter movement and mm-hmm. i think we wanted to touch on the second one today so yeah yeah we i know this is all that's been on wall-to-wall news coverage i think that covid is um a myth <laughs> they're turning they're turning the viruses gay that's right um i think that I think that was probably the loudest part of the entire episode. If if I uh, just deafened you, I apologize. But when you channel Alex Jones, and I mean spiritually channel Alex Jones, there's only one way to do it, and that's loud and proud, baby. That's true. Um, so I think that COVID is, uh, you know, the rumors of its deadliness have been greatly exaggerated. We talked about that last week. I mm-hmm. think it's going to last until the election and then we'll see where it goes from there. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's not serious. Doesn't mean you shouldn't wear a mask. Whatever. I see this issue uh, that's been receiving wall-to-wall coverage as well as a far more deadly, a far more dangerous not by the numbers, but by the potential um, yeah. issue trend if you will in american life so i'm completely agreed with this yeah so i think i think it's worth diving in and and uh let's do that now so i think hunter what we want to do basically is just set some general context Mm -hmm. and then move into the points that we really want to make because we were discussing a little bit in our pre-show meeting like we don't need to talk about we don't need to tell you our listeners not to riot if you are rioting um do it in your own home Right, uh, safely. Preferably in a closed freezer or Wait till coffin. your children are put into bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, at, but what, what I think we need to get to the bottom of is helping folks delineate potentially between what is protesting, what is rioting, and what is a marketing slogan that everybody can agree with on its face, and what are these organizations and the media actually doing. So that's kind of the angle that we want to approach this from. We're not going to try and, uh, you know, eat the whole elephant. You could talk about this forever. Yeah. I, I just want to say to start, the idea, you, you can hold multiple ideas in your head simultaneously. Yes. The idea that race has been an issue in America, uh, a huge issue, and kept people unbelievably and conscionably oppressed in the past is true. 
Yes, the that 100% idea true. that very few, very few of the ghosts of that remain today is also true. Yep. You can go listen to our previous episodes about this, but effectively in America, race does not determine your outcomes. Yep. You determine your outcomes. And that yes. is backed up by research on both sides of the political aisle. Black, brown, purple, indigo, not periwinkle. You guys get the hell out. But How ge- in general... America's not for you. <laughs> America's not for the periwinkle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to learn that there's like a strange tribe of South American indigenous little people that are called periwinkle. the periwinkle gang, and they only fly on small rainbows and diffractions of light, and I've offended their grand wizard. Grand wizard. Whoop, probably... Whoop. Well, probably not. Probably not that one. Never mind. It's fine to make fun of them. I just accidentally canceled the Periwinkle people. <laughs> nice um, job. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so we don't want to get into the race issue as far as police brutality and and um, and cops and black people. Nine unarmed black men were killed in 2019 by the police. Nine, right. nine. nine, and that doesn't mean that those shoots weren't disputed nine and you take into account how many black people are killing other black people right with firearms etc you can say a couple things off that and i'll list them quickly and then we can move on one if if you care about black people then you should care about cops being violent unnecessarily towards black people but you Mm -hmm. shouldn't you shouldn't treat that like an endemic uh an endemic issue because it's just not the data doesn't bear that out at all it doesn't have your back on that no um number two is that if if we wanted to make things better we would we would look at how we can improve black on black crime yep uh how we can improve the safety of black communities and it's also true that white people very rarely kill black people in general and black people although more frequently very very rarely kill white people that these Murders do not appear like the, in general. Murder is very rarely racially motivated in America. It's much yes. more common to be motivated by other reasons. Yes. So, and 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 almost never from the cops, and almost never from uh, concealed carry weapon permit holders, right. etc. Right, right, right. You can go down all those lists. Okay. One last thing, and then I'm going to let you get in, like set the stage for us. Okay. Is that in a, in America today you have the most you have the most successful prolifically viable just healthy community of black people anywhere on planet earth this is the best place to be if you are uh any race black included and it just the data does not bear out the fact that there is widespread uh racism or selective prosecuting of a certain race by the police even if you look at police statistics based on arrests because people say that you know that black people are given longer sentences for the same crimes and they're profiled by the cops more often even that argument falls apart when you look at the disparate numbers in reports of crime and people that are actually stopped by the police black people are are by taking the reports of, of crime committed by a black individual, they're actually under-profiled by police. Um, that's not to say that we couldn't make improvements to stuff like minor drug offenses, et cetera. That's a separate discussion. But right. 
the, I say all that to say the data does not bear out that being black in America is a, is a detriment. I think the most important thing to remember when you're having, when you're having this conversation is to, is to remember that inequalities are a given. There will always be inequalities. And the real question is, even when we find racial inequalities, when we find one race not performing it as well as some as well as another race, that's you know we should try and fix that. But the question that we should we should look to when we try to fix it is what is the underlying cause for that inequality? Right. And I right. think I think some people, and it's understandably so, see the history, they see the inequality, and they make a simple causal relationship and go well that's why and it's it's so important to bring that up hunter okay um because well thank you i know but uh, no, uh, no it really is it yeah. really is essential to keep in your mind while we're discussing right. this because I get, i've just given all these statistics about right, how right, right, race right. doesn't matter in america however it, that's because you can explain the disparities in much more sophisticated ways than something as simple as race. I personally yeah. think that race is a stupid way to look at the world. And when right. people say there's more black people in prison, you can always counter with there's more black people commit vastly more murders than any other race. Does right. that mean black people are intrinsically violent? Absolutely. That's not the point. What I'm saying right. is that we don't need to play this game. We don't want to play this game. Let's quit playing the race game. There are better ways to explain the outcomes that we see in America. And that's not just me saying that. There's plenty of leftist organizations or, or liberal organizations that are doing the same thing. So yeah. it's, it's so important to remember that even though those statistics exist, the only reason we're discussing them is to combat a counter misinformation narrative, not because we think that that's prudent to how you should live your life yeah yeah no i i think i think the i think it's completely fine to understand and respect other cultures you know and to learn about them and to study them and everything like that and to celebrate them um but i think i think maybe appropriate them here and there sure yeah um i think i think i think when that becomes the only way you see the world that becomes problematic Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, I think that should be, I, I think that should be obvious, but it sometimes doesn't feel like it is the other so, quick thing. Okay. Go oh, ahead. Oh no. Jump in the other quick thing. The other quick thing here is what we found also looking at some stuff. This was a study done with five thirty or five thirty eight had on their podcast. There's a six year study since the Michael Brown shooting. Um, and they have found that what has basically been happening is there has been less, uh, urban police shootings and more rural police shootings. And just as you would expect with those kind of statistics, what has happened is there has been less minority killings and more white killings since that uh, incident. And so one thing that they did to kind of figure out what was happening there to see why that was happening is they did a study in the places that were having those decreased statistics. And what they found was really interesting is the police stations that actually performed the best were the ones that uh, provided not diversity training, not implicit bias training, but provided additional training and taught cops not to perform chokeholds and to de-escalate tension when they are arresting people. And those uh, police officers actually had the, the least incidents of police brutality in their precincts. So an interesting point that <clears throat> when you made changes and improved police officers, 
regardless of race, taking the race question out of it, you saw improvements, which shows right. that the real issue with police brutality is more a thing of training, which I think we'll get to as we it, kind of discuss this topic. Yeah, it definitely has more to do with with uh, the preparedness and efficacy of the individual officers involved than it does with some wide-ranging institutionalized racism. Let me right. say one more thing and then we'll move on, but just a sure. couple more statistics so we can just put this this discussion to bed because it, that's really where it belongs. The data is in on this. Um, the safest black communities in America are the ones with the most, uh, the most liberated, active, populous police uh, populations, period. Right. The, the way that you make a black community more safe is you add more police. Even the ones that are trained at the level of the average police officer now, adding more of them would do good. It would save black lives. So when you hear BLM saying defund the police, that's stupid because we could actually save more black lives by increasing funding for police and just adding more officers to an area. In fact, there was a study that just came out recently that, and this is an opinion study, so you know how much I believe it, but just to give you a temperature check on the psyche of black America, 80% of um, black Americans said that they wanted the they wanted as much or more policing in their community. Right. And so this, this narrative that's going around that, you know, all black people want to defund the police. That's kind of being pushed by, uh, uncle Tomers like Joe Biden, who will say, you're not black. If you don't think a certain way, it's not true. Actually, the temperature is that they actually like the police. They see the, the benefit the police provide and see that they're safer with the police. If there is anything, anything in America that, is a handicap to you because you're black today, I would say one of two things. Either it's the historical disproportions in wealth, which is a whole nother topic, but I would say the crown jewel in that system is that you are told from a young age constantly from all directions that you cannot succeed in America because of the color of your skin. And that simply is a factual. You absolutely can. We see it at every level of political, social, economic life, and you absolutely can, can succeed. Don't repeat and don't let anybody tell you that the color of your skin determines your outcomes in America. Even if it's Oprah, a billionaire telling people that racism is a problem. Good so, Lord, the tone deafness. So, anyway, so let's put a pin in it. It's done. The, Oprah, Appalachia called. They wanted yeah. their cars. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So funny. Okay. So we've talked around the bush a little bit here. Or we've beat around it, or we've sent the dogs in to chase up the quail in that bush. Other analogies. You real that... really stuck the landing there, bud. Ta. <laughs> um, so there have been several high-profile killings of black individuals this year that have really hit the media um, and have provided uh, a, a lot of social media discussions as well. And I think a lot of people too reassess and think about their values regarding all of this. Um, we're talking, of course, of in chronological order, Ahmed Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Rayshard Brooks. And these killings have reinforced narratives concerning police brutality and systemic racism. And we, we've kind of given you, I think, the the look at the statistics, but you know, it's hard to remember that even for me, 
when you see several incidents like this that really appear to cut in the other direction. Um, you know, Christopher, I think we've talked about this a lot. Narrative is really important, you mm-hmm. know, and people, the stories we tell about ourselves, the stories we tell about everyone, you know, they are compelling. They take our attention away. They focus on different things. And I, I had this thought, and I think it's actually really true, is we actually know more about, you know, molecules and subatomic particles, things that we can't see than we know about stories and how they affect us. And what I mean by that is in the sense of a, um, what we truly understand in like an articulated sense, right? right? Like I can tell you, you and me can agree that Jack and the Beanstalk is a much better story than something that shows up on the Teletubby channel, but it's going to be if difficult for me to say If you have a dedicated Teletubby channel, I yeah. invite you to re-examine your television package because it's the only is thing, way too many channels. It's the only thing that can keep my dog satisfied, and they demand the best. They need <laughs> Poe and Lala and the other two. Maybe Dinky. I don't know. So, you're, out of, you're out of the podcast. I'm out of the podcast. You can record no, with... But you're totally uh, yeah. right. It's a hard science versus an enigma. Right, one yeah, yeah, yeah. we we link inputs to outputs incredibly directly, and the other one there are too many variables to isolate. Yeah, uh, absolutely, exactly right. I agree with you. So I think, and I think that's why, you know, you've seen the conversation around these events, and you've seen quite a bit of protesting, and you've seen quite a bit of rioting, and I think it's important for us to talk about those two aspects of this. Um, I think you and I, 10,000% are on board with people's right to protest. I don't think we have any problems with that. I don't think we have any concerns. I think we think it's a moral obligation at at some point. Um, I think if you if you see an injustice, and you don't you don't have the if you see an injustice and you don't have the capacity to fix it of your own volition or to organize a group to fix it. It is your moral obligation, your duty to protest, to attempt to alert those that can alleviate the situation. And if you, if you don't do that, it's a miscarriage of your duty to your fellow man. I believe that a hundred percent. It's also other people's prerogative to mock your protest, to think that you're foolish, you know. Um, but if you think you perceive an injustice, protest is absolutely on the table. It's absolutely your right. And provided that you cannot, you cannot improve the situation of your own volition, it is your moral duty. I think this is correct. I think the, I think the one thing people have to keep in mind when they're thinking about this stuff is a lot of the social changes that people want to implement do not achieve the results that they think they will when they implement them. Right. Uh, for example, like providing um, food stamps and funding to s- single mothers drove single motherhood rates up. Right. right. And so that was not the outcome anybody wanted. That was not the outcome anybody wanted because every study from here to kingdom comes shows you that having two parents, especially a father in the home matters a lot for how those kids grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, I'm not going to, well, and it's, I think it's at ages 12 to 14 when young men are going through puberty, they're their most creative and their most violent. 
right? And right. so you need you need men around them to like guide them through that. And that's sorry, that's biology. Uh, you know, could, I don't know what you want me back. to do about that. Th- this is why this subject's so hard to talk about because that could short circuit into the race discussion a hundred times over. Um, sure. But what you just said, but that is what you what you're getting at is absolutely accurate that you you have to be very judicious about aligning your solution yes. to the outcome you're desired desiring yes. i see this all the time in politics both on the left and on the right lately more yep. on the left um, because the right's concerned with contracting government solutions in general, while the left is concerned with expanding government solutions. And then the solutions they come up with are more prolific and often pretty uneducated. Throwing money at an issue is t- very rarely the proper solution. The world is typically more complicated than that. I mean, right. sometimes you just need 100 bucks, But more times than that, what you really need is somebody that knows how to fix a flat tire and who can drive to you to go get you on the side of the road. You know what I'm like? It's yes. usually not so simple that money can solve it. When you're talking about complex social issues like this and interracial, internecine conflicts between people groups uh, that should be aligned, then certainly dollar bills, reparations, will not, will not result in the, the outcomes you were hoping to achieve. Yeah, I think the easiest thing to think through here is just like how difficult education is. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're extremely gifted, it takes... The, the time it takes you to learn something in proportion to like your natural talents, you know, is, can be extravagant, you know? And I think, I think when you kind of put that all together, it becomes, especially if you ever try to teach someone or you do te- a good bit of teaching, you know, it is painstaking. And a lot of the stuff can only be done through time, which takes a really long time. So yeah, obviously. And that's why I'm asking the FBI politely not to look into any of the missing uh, individuals that I tutored in math in high school and college. I, just a polite request. Just please, please, let please, please. Dogs lie. Right. Um, so I think, I I think, when you see those moments uh, to protest, and you've made sure that you're this is the right move for your cause, you have the moral right. You have not the moral right. You have the moral obligation to protest. I think that's how we see it. That being said. That being said. Rioting is right out. <laughs> Always. Yeah, like there's Always. there's there's no good time. There's no reason to. Um, and looting is... Looting doesn't solve your problem. It doesn't make you moral. It doesn't make your cause justified. It, it only hurts people who probably have no way in like fixing the problems that you're rioting about. It also right, like, loads the guns with high power cartridges of every everybody who wants an excuse to continue right. to view you as a monolith and not as an individual. I mean, like right. you are literally enabling the worst of us by showing them examples of behaving poorly. It, it is right. truly an idiotic thing to do. I saw a tweet today that was so dumb. It was said that violence has never been um physical damage to property and it's literally in the oxford definition the oxford dictionary definition of violence is destruction of person or property it's like it's so stupid and we can get more into that but but the key takeaway here is that protesting 
does not equal violence, period. End of discussion. If there are people intermixing with your protests that are causing it to be whipped up to violence, then either you're primed to pump for violence that you shouldn't have primed, or you've Correct. organized yourself in such a way that it is, un, it, it is hard to dissociate the violence from the legitimate protest. And if you've done that, you need to reorganize. If you truly don't want to riot, if you don't want to be a part of the problem, you need to organize yourselves in such a way that there's no, there's no, dis, there's no lack of distinction between your faction and that other faction. This is the thing that I found really interesting about the rioting. I, I don't understand in any context because because I think this is so. I think there's been enough protest to like to kind of like know this is going to happen. I can't see any reason with our technology, with the technology we have to protest in populated cities. Um, I can understand having the foot traffic, but if you could essentially convince people to go out to a field in the middle of the country or go, you know, into a public park, right. Where there isn't any, uh, businesses or whatever, and set up cameras and tell news crews that you're out there and put, thousands of people in in those parks you essentially achieve the same goal with the way that we can communicate that to everybody today mm -hmm. and like sure you're not now main street you know where everybody can see you but is that really the point you know the point is to, to raise your voice collectively and say you know what has happened is a problem and i get being in the middle of everything's kind of amplifies that to some extent but if the if one of the consequences of that is now people can break into gap into target and steal shoes, have you really, was it really worth it? And right. I think the answer that we're seeing is not at all. Hunter, um, let's take this opportunity. Cause I think what you just said is right on. I want to transition into that, into talking about specific groups okay. uh, that need to pay. Um, oh, but, but I think what you just said is, is where we need to head. So let me lay a little bit of groundwork. Okay. Four killings. You went through them. Um, there was Ahmed Arbery. If any of these killings were racially motivated, it was that one. Although yep. I don't see any evidence for or against that yet, and that might be my own research. That's my take right now. Next was Breonna Taylor. If there was any of these shootings that were an example of police brutality, it was that one. Yep. For sure. Correct. No knock, no, no knock warrant. Uh, came in, the individual protected themselves as they are wont to do uh, via the Second Amendment, it, yep. her boyfriend. Now, whether or not he was supposed to have a firearm, I don't know, but attempted to defend himself against what he perceived to be an intruder, plain clothes officers, and Breonna Taylor got killed. You want to talk about police brutality? That's a great one to talk about. George Floyd. We did not report on this while it was happening, but we have the uh, the gift of time on our side. Right. When I first saw the video, I'm going to be honest, I was pissed. I was furious. It looked so to was me, I. It looked to me like a, just a, a complete slang of an individual for what I could tell no reason. And it didn't seem like there was any racial motivation implicit in the video, although, of course, that's what got shouted immediately. However, now we have the body cam footage. And what I'll say is I'm not... I'm not necessarily saying that the police officer was in the right, although 
you mentioned to me before, Hunter, that that hold he had him in was actually potentially approved in some of the police training materials in Minnesota. This this came from a conversation Brett Weinstein had with Joe Rogan on his podcast. Um, apparently, that particular hold, uh, applying pressure onto the back of someone's neck with their knee with them placed on the ground, was in the training manual for Minnesota or training material for Minnesota officers um that doesn't in any way i think alleviate the officer for holding um george floyd like that for an extended period of time sure. especially in the video where it appears he's struggling to breathe right uh, you know but but at the same time um yes it, it does appear by that by that uh data point it appears that this is a completely legal thing for them to do i would say up until the point of suffocation and, and hurting someone right and you know so what I mean. so this could be it's, this could be as benign as a training issue i mean to be fair or it could, it could be, be as heinous and i'm talking about the mind of the mind of the officer involved or it could right. be as heinous as a racially motivated killing right this we, is why juries are important right totally and and yep. we can we can move on, but I'll just say that now that the body cam footage is out, he was resisting arrest. He asked to be placed on the ground. He actually kicked his way out of the cop car while they were trying to sit him there. He was on several different drugs. I mean, this is a very complicated, very murky, not a clean cut case. Not right. a he's not a martyr for any cause. No. Um, and then fourth was Rayshard Brooks, which for me, this one doesn't even qualify. I mean, to be fair. It was, he turned around, he shot a taser at the officer, and the officer retaliated with his sidearm. It was a week earlier that the district attorney in Atlanta claimed that a taser was a deadly weapon, specifically because after you're incapacitated, then anything is a deadly weapon. Me doing this to your nose is a deadly weapon if you're incapacitated. And so a week earlier, he said it was a deadly weapon. This guy fires at a cop during what was a peaceful traffic stop. And then he died. This one it doesn't. It shouldn't even be on the list, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Am no, I sad I think... that? Am I sad that somebody died? Yes. Do I think that the cop is going to be exonerated a hundredfold? Also, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially if you watch the whole 50 minute video, he's being so patient and procedural with this guy up until the point where he gets punched, gets his weapon stolen, and gets fired upon. I just don't yeah. have any time for entertaining this one. Okay. So I say I give you that little background. If you don't know as much as as that on these stories, do your own research. But here's where I want to dive into specific groups because we've been talking about protesting and rioting. There have been and and especially when this first started, there was a collection of peaceful protests around the George Floyd issue. One other thing I'll say is Ahmed Aubrey and Breonna Taylor the worst two in this list absolutely happened before the George Floyd thing happened. However, that George Floyd video was so visceral that it really captured people's attention. And I don't mean yeah. the mainstream media or, or the public at large. It captured the attention of BLM. Um, then, then George Floyd came up and then it was add, add more to the list, add more to the list. Well, we're mm-hmm. going to run this wall to wall any second that we can. Mm-hmm. So there was some peaceful protests. They quickly gave way to rioting and violence and looting of department stores, et cetera, ad nauseum. 
That seems and, to be only what we see now in, yeah. in Chicago and Portland at this point and Seattle. I Heartbreaking. I had one of my uh, coworkers get on a call and just tell me he was sick to his stomach mm. because of all the destruction that was around him in Chicago. Mm. And it uh, seemed like a, he really loves the city and he was just heartbroken to see the state that it's in. Wow. Uh, you know, cities aren't just... <laughs> buildings and property they're the memories collective effort and dreams of a of a community generations uh, yeah yeah anyhow we don't have to get into all that but the george floyd thing happens and even though there's been these two very contestable slayings by police or former police officers all of a sudden now it's time to take to the streets. And in very short order, we switch from this is about George Floyd uh, to this is about a lot of strange stuff that we can't exactly pin down. And also, all of a sudden, Antifa joins into the mix. Mm -hmm. If you've watched any of the videos of these riots, especially in Seattle and Chicago, if you can identify, if you can pick out who's Antifa and who's BLM, uh, congratulations, because congratulations. you're more perceptive than anybody that I know. Yeah, these no groups doubt. are almost identical at this point, and they're certainly engaging together in these these riotous actions. So let me let me lay out some of my thoughts on that. Okay, go ahead. Black Lives Matter started on the behest of a lie back when yeah. Barack Obama yeah, yeah, yeah. was, was in office in what Flint, Michigan, uh, there was the Michael Brown killing mm -hmm. video shows us that Michael Brown charged a police officer after robbing a convenience store, charges a police officer and attempts to grapple with him for his weapon. The officer shoots and kills Michael Brown. About an hour later, Michael Brown's compatriot goes on the news and says he had his hands up. He was saying, don't shoot. This is a lie. It was knowable at that time that it was a lie. And all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter as an organization is created. And they march under the banner, hands up, don't shoot. Right. It's not right, true. Right. Rallying it, cry. It never happened. Right. What, what they found useful about this instance is they had an individual crying on television saying he had his hands up, don't shoot. Made that is video. emotionally resonant. Here's mm -hmm. another thing that they chose to do at that time. They did a great marketing job, in my opinion, because they came up with a name for their organization that no rational person stands against. Right. Black lives, of course, matter. Of Duh. course, matter. A hundred thousand percent. And... Yeah, it's it, there's nothing controversial. There's nothing controversial about agreeing with that sentiment. Nothing at all. In fact, right. all the controversy is located on the side of people who would disagree. Right. Like right, if right. if anybody came up to me and said Black Lives Don't Matter, I would go, "What in the world is wrong with you? You right, know, exactly. get out of my face." That that's the problem with that phrase to some extent is because it it it, it, it the the statement of it is an assumption that you don't believe it. 
Right. There's a nested right. implication that there is a sizable swath of individuals Correct. that must that that is so powerful that they must be contested with with a nationwide protest that mm -hmm. truly believe that black lives don't matter. This is simply not the case. It's right. not borne out in any of the relevant statistics. Go protest the seven web footed rednecks in Kentucky. I throw Kentucky <laughs> under the bus with something Poor of a Kentucky. fervor on the show. But there's like 11 of them, and, and they're uh, fake. And four of them are your granddad, okay? So <laughs> go kill him or whatever, you weirdo. Um, whoa, whoa. Not, not advocating violence. I'm just saying, like, the reason you think all old people are racist is probably because your family is particularly racist. Listen um, here, FEC. Don't come, don't come after us. Don't no, come after us. We're not yes. really telling people to kill people. Yes. The only person you should ever kill is you. Satan. Oh, oh Satan. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, I you can, okay, if you see Satan, if you, you see can him, kill him, and you confirm with a DNA test that it is Satan. Right. Nasal do, swab. Do kill Satan. Do kill uh, Satan. Um, anyhow, the so we got BLM. Born out of a lie. The rallying cry is a lie. And they come up with this clever statement that even the most conservative of honest conservatives would never disagree with correct they use that as a billy club to act poorly in public spaces and blame anybody anybody who detracts from that violence as somebody that believes that black lives don't matter well, guess what? BLM doesn't speak for most black people. We set up at the top of the show that 80% of black people want more police. And now right. Black Lives Matter is going around screaming defund the police. Terrible Correct. idea. But yep. they don't speak for black people. But they've organized themselves from a marketing standpoint in such a way that it appears that they do. And they can claim that they do. Um, if you ever, if you criticize any of their behavior, even their violent behavior, put a pin in it because we're coming back to it later. Come back. Antifa. Yeah. Antifa started by most accounts. 2016? Occupy Wall Street. Okay, fair is enough. Is where they that came works. onto the scene. Okay. What, 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 there was a bunch of hackers, Hunter, in their basement pretending to be anonymous. Uh-huh. And they realized it was okay to wear dark clothes outside. Oh, So they really? decided to come outside and go by Antifa. I never um, knew I could go outside in dark clothing. That the reason me. that they started wearing scarves actually isn't to conceal their identity. It's to conceal their pimples. So <laughs> they all got some vitamin D for the first time and decided to go by Antifa. And Antifa has organized them. themselves in the exact same way. They yeah. call themselves anti-fascist. Well, guess who's anti-fascist? I am. Mostly Hunter, are everyone. you anti-fascist? No. And that's been the show. Thanks for <laughs> that's been the show. No, so, of course. Yeah, everybody is. However, yep. when it's crazy how little people know about the actual history of fascism. Go to World War II and <laughs> go to Germany and look around the city square. Mm -hmm. There are people in brown shirts and jack boots and the Schutzstaffel and they're dressing in dark colors and they are breaking things, being violent and abducting people, uh, harassing people on their way to work, asking people to show their papers, asking people to pledge allegiance to Le Fuhrer, you know, all of these types of behaviors. Mm. Making people engage in these political purity tests 
whether they were interacting politically or not. Right. There is not an organization in America in its current instantiation that looks more like the brown shirts than Antifa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I don't I don't think you anybody can argue with me on that. It's certainly just, not the police who, even though they were, quote, abducting people in Portland and Seattle or whatever, were Mirandizing them in the car in vehicles mm-hmm. that were unmarked but wearing uniforms right. marked police. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like they – and by the way, just a, little, just a little quick pro tip about how fascism works. None of those people are still missing. Right. Every None one of them, them is accounted for. Yeah. Yes. They are either in prison or out on bail. Every right. single one of them. Pretty and nice. Pretty good deal. The Stuttstafel, when you got disappeared by the Stuttstafel, or if you're a Uyghur in, uh, China. in China right now, when you get disappeared under an actual fascist regime, you don't pop back up on the street three months later to go burn another JCPenney. Right. Yeah, that's, that's correct. You're done. Yeah. You're gone. So quit telling me that the American government is fascism. On the other hand, you look at Chaz... Where they're, you know, this this autonomous zone that they occupied. Mm-hmm. There's, while it was in operation, it had the highest murder rate of anywhere, any municipality in the United States. The highest murder rate. Insanity. You're getting Other disappeared insanity. eternally. On top of that, you had people handing out guns illegally. The the uh, MySpace rapper or whatever, or SoundCloud rapper who deti- right. decided he ran Chaz, said that he was the police now. He was sh- shown to be assaulting journalists. He was handing guns out to minors and telling them to go be violent. And right. uh, hilariously, Stephen Crowder uh, rented his his apartment on Airbnb and tried to hold a big party there. No, very no. funny. If you haven't looked no. at it, you have to watch it. I can't oh remember that goodness. guy's that guy's name right now, but he's a piece of human refuse, so I'm fine with not saying it. At any rate, the the ones who call themselves anti-fascists look more like the fascist enforcers than any other group in America right now, government included. And you know, I'm not a big fan of government. I say all that to say that it's incredible. Do you hear what I just said? Like, I'm just shocking myself. I just said I'm not that big of a fan of our government. And trust me, no one's going to knock on my door later. I've been right, doing this right, for right. a couple of years. You right. cannot Nobody do that in China. Worry about it. In fact, yeah, in the exactly same time right. that this happened now, leaders of the, the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong are being arrested left and right. And you're not hearing a peep about it on the media because they right. suck. And if you well, don't know about it, maybe you do too. But, I just read uh, Ordinary Men, which follows a police battalion in Nazi Germany. And five, less than 500 men are responsible for 83,000 Jewish deaths, at least, is the math on that. And it's like, show me where the fascists are, because that's what they look like. They look like engineered processed regimented murder Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or Um, at at least laying the laying the groundwork for murder right i mean like creating an environment where murder is easy well so not to tangent but the battalion was responsible for both uh maneuvering people into um camps where they were eventually murdered or personally carrying out executions and mass graves themselves Mm -hmm. 
So and, I mean, and, both. of course, I'm not accusing Antifa of, of mass murder. No, I think what you're accusing Antifa of is not fighting. I think what you're accusing them of is not fighting against actual fascists. Well, what I would say is that their ideology is getting precious close uh, to eliminating people based on political ideology and creating creating conditions where that's very possible. You know what the first thing that the that the brown shirts did? The first thing that Hitler did when he got into power. He abolished no. He abolished the police and took the guns away. Okay. Uh, I got. He one defunded them, right? the police and he took the yeah. guns away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? That makes sense. So that you can be a bully. The police protecting people and people protecting themselves with guns is what prevents fascist tactics from being enacted. And when you look in Portland, and the police aren't stepping up, and you have people blocking streets to you don't know where hospitals. Maybe someone's trying to go get their mother off the floor because she had a fall. There's kids right. that need to eat. The, blocking a highway is not a peaceful activity. A, blocking a highway costs lives. And if you are economically illiterate enough to not think that the transmission of goods and individuals across major interstate highways isn't one of the ways that we have such peaceful lives now and keep so many people alive who would have previously died, then you are a moron. Blocking a highway is not a peaceful activity. The co- It does cost blood. It costs lives to block highways. Don't be an yeah. idiot. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm, what I'm saying is that when the police won't step up, you have people that are engaging in fascist tactics to get what they want. And that right. is Antifa, even though yep. they go around saying they're anti-fascist. So let's bring it together. You've got Antifa. Everybody's anti-fascist. And yet they use that as a club to beat people back who would criticize them for their fascist behavior. Correct. And you look at Black Lives Matter, this organization that was started on a lie. And by the way, where were they when Breonna Taylor got shot and killed? There was a couple tweets. Where were they when Ahmed Aubrey got killed? They, re- they reposted the video. When they had an opportunity, a marketing opportunity, to post a visceral, violent video and use it to kick off nationwide riots, they jumped at the chance. Oh, and then Breonna Taylor mattered, but only as an addendum to George Floyd. Yeah. George Floyd, not, I'm not saying it was right, but, but they certainly lied about the specifics of that event. There's no evidence probably that it was be- racially probably, motivated. And probably it was also- the better thing is to say that they 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 assume things that fit their bias. And I, I think th- no. I I I I think BLM purposely mischaracterized this. I I do not give them the benefit of the doubt here. And I'll tell you why. Okay. And this is this is one thing that I think because we don't need to tell our, our listeners not to protest or what a protest is. I mean sorry, not to riot or what a riot is. Sure, yeah. I do not give them the benefit of the doubt because, for one, there's nothing in the video that is racist. There's nothing in the video that implies racism other than the race of the individuals involved. And since that time, since they decided to pick up on this marketing opportunity and use it to kick off nationwide riots, they have told us who they are time and time again. BLM, the leadership at BLM, diffuse as it is, has said on their website and in interviews, that they are a group of trained Marxists trying to destroy the American way of life as we know it. Teen Vogue posted an article that said the real point behind defund the police is to dismantle that which they were created to protect, that being private property. 
AKA, it has nothing to do with black lives. It has everything to do with Marxism. Right. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of black people that own property. And by the way, like it. They enjoy <laughs> doing that. And you think you speak for all of them, and you think that you are pretending that their life matters when you would rob them of their property? This doesn't have anything to do with black lives. 80% mm. of them disagree with you implicit. And by the way, defund the police means defund the police. It doesn't mean reappropriate funds for the police or increase police training. It's, yeah. That is the same. And, and anybody who would use that argument with you is an idiot because you could have picked reappropriate funds. You could have picked that and chanted that. Funds. It is yeah. the same as Black Lives Matter. It is a, it is a Marxist 1984 doublespeak tactic so that you cannot argue with me when I Correct. say, when I don't hide the ball and tell you who I really am. It also makes the tent wider. Yes. Right? Which is like one of the purposes is if I am the radical who believes in actually defunding the police, I can repeat the slogan with the person who doesn't, and we can both think we mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Right. It double speak. I mean, that is what double speak is for. Right. Exactly. Du- right. Double speak is for increasing the amount of people who think they agree with you. All the while you are not being forthright about what your true motivations are. Yep. And so that's, and BLM has said that Antifa has been, Marxist for many years now. So it's in the, it's in it's in the bylines. Yeah. So we shouldn't yeah. be surprised that they're joining in and that now you can't tell the difference between the two movements. But when people tell you who they are, especially when it's not a good thing that they're telling you that they're trained Marxists and they want to overthrow the idea of private property in America, do yourself a favor and believe those people. Quit mm-hmm. carrying water. And this is the message I want to get out to my to our audience, our listenership, because I think this is the one that I've seen miscarried the most, at least in my own social circles. If you are an American who likes the idea of private property and likes the idea that we should treat people at the resolution of the individual and not as a monolith controlled by their race, like horrible racists like Joe Biden, who don't want his children to go to a, quote, race jungle. If, if you are a person that believes... <laughs> That responsibility is king. And, a, and also, I'll add this one in there. If you are a Christian, you are not a friend of Black Lives Matter, the organization. Of course Black Lives Matter. But I do not give them the benefit of the doubt because they have consistently been dishonest. They have consistently created situations where it was easier for black people to die. We're talking about four murders that have sparked these riots. And in the course of the riots, hundreds, hundreds of individuals have lost their lives due to violence. Not to mention how many people will lose their lives because of the economic ramifications of widespread nationwide rioting. We haven't even Mm -hmm. addressed that yet. But if you think there's not a a life cost, people go, it's property, not people. You are an idiot. People's livelihood is based on that. And the reason they call it livelihood is because it's based on life. You incomparable fool. Mm. It is it, it, it requires productivity to live on planet Earth. And just because you don't see the hardship doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right. And so... Remember when we weren't going to have meat and people died in COVID because food because there were food shortages coming to like poor countries? Yes. Like, it it costs something. Even if it we matters. don't see it here in America, right. it matters. And so I refuse to give them the benefit of the doubt, Hunter. I refuse to say that they assumed. I don't think they assumed. I think that's fair. I think, I think that more is my message too many other people and i think this is the one thing that i see a lot of people do on both sides of the aisle is 
when you can you can trick yourself into thinking that you're a careful thinker that when you see something that doesn't fit your biases you look for the evidence and then once you have the evidence in hand you present your case right mm-hmm. when the story happens to fit your biases you accept it implicitly and i think what really separates people from being careful thinkers thinkers is when something does fit with your biases or your tendencies or things that emotionally resonate with you because those are different for every individual how careful you are to accept them without mm-hmm. evidence uh, yeah and so i great point and if and, you if you're talking about the individuals who are repping black lives matter on social media or posting a black yes. square or something like that i totally yes. agree with your point there this is why i'm saying this now because i think you need to have a wake up call and a reality right, exactly check about right. what's really going on here what I, who the pers- the people i'm not giving the benefit of the doubt to are the leaders and instigators of what i would consider two domestic terrorist organizations antifa and blm i think the most important thing that needs to happen in this context is that people from different sides of the aisle, um, in churches, in public gatherings, in, in, in private conversations between each, between each other, need to have conversations concerning this topic um, in the most honest trying way, trying to find solutions to racial inequality. Mm-hmm. And I think there are... And, and police brutality. I think I think there are some real solutions there. And I think what we have done as we continue to do um, in just about every walk of life in America is retreat to our ideological corners, thump the drum louder, and expect people to move along with us further from the other group. And I cannot understand how a country that sees the power in unity, uh, a religion that derives its power from a unified front, um, well, unified body, you know, can continue to ignore that truth and can mm-hmm. continue to show people as can continue to put people into a box that is either uncaring and evil and righteous and good. And I, I, we have to move past um, that dichotomy, and we have to, we have to, we have to begin to talk about the the issues and not just the outcomes. I agree um, with you because if we don't Hunter, we're headed to a disaster. I think you're a hundred percent right. We need to have these conversations with people. You go love on people, go love on individuals. This is not a yeah. time to suck into oneself and to become a hateful, vindictive person. Although you know what? It's easier now than ever because you've been given more opportunities and more excuses now than ever to look at the other side and demonify them. I'll say this. Mm. I'll say this as well. Do not, in those conversations, use the fact that other people are pretending to be outraged as defense of your intellectual priors so that yep. you don't have to engage. That, yep. is, that is cowardice. Just because people are so mad that they're rioting out in the streets doesn't make them right. And, no, it doesn't. And in, it, fact, in fact, it more than likely makes them wrong. Correct. And if yeah. you use that in a, in an, as a point in your argumentative style, which has happened to me several times, I'm just going to say... I. I, that is where I stop respecting your opinion because it's not based on any of the, the data. Let me put it in the, uh, let me give you the final analysis. It's not based on anything that's going to make the problem better. It's only based on, it's only based on people taking a situation and using it for whatever means they want to. And yeah, as we've already shown, 
engaging in marketing more than they do in social progress. This is regressivism at the highest level. Mm. So, I think we have one more thing that we need to discuss, and then one more quick bat to the knee of another sinner in this situation, and then move on uh, with our merry lives. Okay. What's up? There has never been as widespread, as violent a riot in America than there is going on right now. And I think BLM and Antifa are to blame, but there is also another perpetrator, and that has got to be the media. It is incredible to me. (laughs) Yeah. It is incredible to me that the media has done no due diligence on these stories. Even the George Floyd story, there was no due diligence. There was wall-to-wall coverage about how this was a racist killing on major news networks when there's no evidence. That's not journalism. And in addition to that, they have been quick to criticize officers who are nonviolently detaining violent criminals who are engaging in this behavior. There was a, a shot of CNN where there's literally a building burning in the background behind the anchor, and he has the gall to say that this is a mostly peaceful protest. If you are an American citizen and you don't feel gaslighted by the ignorance of the media, then you are not paying attention. You absolutely are blinding yourself to the reality that there are people in powerful places who do not have your best interest in mind and who find Antifa and BLM, these fascist Marxist organizations, to be fellow travelers with them on the goal to the redistribution of wealth in America, even if it's just for momentary viewership, even if it's just for that. And it could be for something much worse. Yeah, I I think... I, I just honestly don't put a lot of stock in most media. Um, you know, I, I find the more modern avenues to get my news and information much more mm-hmm. effective, um, much more interesting, much more insightful. You know, I, I think I think you have to listen to several different places to get the story correct. And I think you have to take the things that are in between and that becomes what has actually happened. I think you have to train yourself to listen to when the pundits that you like and listen to bend the facts to fit their side and realize that they do have a side. Everyone does. And I think, I think the fact that we do not have media that we can all turn to and go, ah, this is real is a really big problem. And that's what I think is like the most is like the worst thing about CNN, MSNBC, ABC, Fox News, all of it. Right. Is the fact that we just don't have a, a channel to go like this group of people are dedicated to informing me. Right. Um and of and, course you have to be individually responsible, Hunter. Of course. And you sure. have to do the due diligence. But here's the thing. There are there are folks who are not going to they're not going to be critical. There, there are useful idiots for CNN, just like there's useful idiots for BLM and Antifa. And sure. they'll take advantage of people when they can to get what they want, uh, as maligned as it is. It's amazing that we're still even having a conversation about Marxism after the horrors of the 20th century. I don't know. It went pretty well. <laughs> it went pretty horribly. At any yeah, rate, exactly. let, me, let me just say this. You're totally right. Seek out information yeah. for yourself. To right. 
to continually gaslight, to continually lie, to engage in journalistic malpractice, all while it's claiming to, all while claiming to be objective. An apple's an apple is a heinous crime. Yeah, and and we have left ourselves. You know, I, we've discussed this a little bit. I'm not advocating for this in any way, but there is such a discrepancy in the language that is spoken by people on different sides of the political aisle right now that a dissolution of the United States into different factions has never seemed more utilitarian to me than it does right now. Yeah, and if if, if honestly, it, it could be seen as a way to de-escalate violence, right? And I, I mean it in that way. I don't want a civil war. I don't want violence. However, to say that I don't see the utility in disassociating would be a lie right now. And yeah. a media that claims to be objective while taking advantage of useful idiots has left us defenseless to the lies of Marxist insurgents that exist inside of America. You know, when this show first started... We told our listeners the reason we were doing this is because it was time to pay attention. That right. there was yeah, yeah, yeah. there was tremors across the surface of the water that were betraying something terrible lurking underneath. And that it was time to become well-read. It was time to become interested in ideas. It was time to be interested in economics and science and philosophy so that we might not repeat the mistakes of the past before we had learned as much as we learn now. And this is precisely what we were talking about. Yeah, A moment like this agree. is exactly what we saw coming. And yeah. the fact that it's here now, to me, is heartbreaking. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily done. You know? Yeah. And I, and I don't mean... I think, that, I think right. this is... I think 2016, uh, Michael Brown, is all just these ticks up on the intensity, you know, and we're getting closer to 11. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I think we're continuing to see we, we don't. Here, here's a really good example. When 9-11 happened, everybody rallied around the flag and there was a unity. Right. When COVID-19 happened, there was a rally around the flag for three weeks, three and minutes. Then, and then everybody turned and looked at each other and said, oh, it was the other aisle's fault. Right. And. The unity was taken away. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to continue to see that when crises come, we divide. And as we, and then it's going to take, it's going to take essentially an opportunistic enemy to realize that and take advantage of it. Well, which we have plenty of we have plenty of enemies who would be more than happy to do that. And it's just a matter of them having the capability. When I see Michael Brown being a lie and the facts of George Floyd being in large part fallacious, I'm not so sure that that's not already happening right now. And that's what worries me. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would be. I I think I'm talking more militaristic. Oh sure, like, sure. But I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying, the crisis can be manufactured. We don't have to wait for the crisis to come. Yeah, no, that's what I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think what I'm more referring to is that the the crises themselves don't necessarily need to be real, mm -hmm. uh, but the opportunity that those crises create, right, should be noticeable 
at this point. Right. Well, you know, to people who want to use them for their advantage. Poland got sacked from the side, but Rome rotted from within. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Sorry, Constantinople. We know that sucks. And and the media has left us shields down. They yeah. they have their misinformation campaign and their lies and BLM's lies and Antifa's lies. Have well, just think about how much work shield- you have to. Yeah, yeah. How, how much work you have to do to to be able to like know what's actually happening? Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous, and you you know, and people don't have the time to to necessarily do that, especially right. people who have harder lives. You it, know, and, and it's amazing too because I I talked to a, one of my friends that I generally agree with. We disagree in some certain areas, and even some certain important areas, in my opinion. We were talking the other day, and he showed me a video about the violence in Seattle, and I was like. Yeah, this has been happening for a month, and he had no idea. And this is someone mm-hmm. who uh, we generally talk about politics and fairly well informed. And it's like it it is exceptionally difficult, mm-hmm. and we've got enemies using all of their marketing powers and all of their disinformation and their grasp on the intellectual uh, the intellectual center of the country that I do not believe have our, I, I, I know for a fact, do not have our best interests in mind. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that everybody who posted BLM or their black square is a secret Marxist. I'm not Alex Jonesing on this. What I'm saying is that they're useful idiots to people who have destructive priorities and have told us openly they have destructive, priority, destructive priorities. And I'm not going to be a polite, impotent, good little Republican and say, well, I'm sure they're doing their best and I'm doing their best. No, there's a lot yeah. of people that are doing their best and there are some people that hope, they, they want nothing more than to grab you by the political ankles and shake you until all of your lunch money is on the floor. Yep. It, it doesn't get Agreed. any simpler than this. The media, major municipalities, Antifa, BLM, they want to defund the police, they want to redistribute wealth, they want to take your guns away. If you want a cookbook for 1939 Germany. Those are yep. all three on the ingredients list. And I am missing not the charismatic going, leader to sell yeah. it. Uh, well, there, luckily, there's no charisma anymore on either That's, side of the God. aisle. Thank God. Thank God. Anyway. Um, yeah. So it is for moments like this that we decided that this show is important. So I'm glad that you're listening to us. It's a dark hour, and it's not a fun topic. That it is incumbent on you to be informed. It is incumbent on you to shore up your defenses in ways that the government will not, the media will not, and by and large, what we're seeing now, most folks in positions to reach the minds of many people simultaneously are actively not telling you the truth. I think it's a horrible sin to say that there's nobody charismatic left on either side of the aisle while Mitt Romney is still a politician. <laughs> if Charismatic was a JPEG hunter, he would crush it. Unfortunately, sometimes <laughs> he has to open his mouth. Yeah, um, that's true. Anyhow, well, let's end it there. I think we've said what we need to say, and maybe we'll be Agreed, back dude. next week with some lighter fare, or we'll be under the uh, boot of the Black Block Antifa for saying things that are verboten. Verboten, duh. Um, I don't know where the Russian came into that. But, yeah, maybe we'll even check out Interstellar. That would be fun. People would like that. Hey. People would. They'd like that. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right.
you know, McConaughey's in it. And Hathaway. Chris, Christopher. That was Christopher. Power couple. Christopher. Christopher. Okay, I'm sorry I said that that way. That's really annoying. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. This is Carl Pulling. We have uh, the, the, the Twitters. Um, you can find us there at Carl Pulling. Instagram, same handle. You can email the show at carlpulling at gmail.com. We got a Facebook page, Carl Pulling something or other. Carl Pulling Podcast. Um, I said it right, and everybody knew I said it right. Nobody's ever said it better. Hunter's uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Emotional Carl. I'm on the same right. platforms at Chris X Carl. And of course, you can find all of our helpful links and episodes, etc., ad nauseum at our wonderful world class, non sponsored website, carlpooling.com. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe, l- l- click the thumbs up, it's the hit the bell. Only thing that empowers us. It gives us strength. Give us your firstborn. Oh, that too. And uh, we'll take all Blood Circle Rock donations at the local druid. Did you just say Blood Circle Rock when you were trying to say Bloodstone Circle? No, 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 no. Does no. Blood... That, that's copy... No. That's copyrighted. That's copyrighted. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Another. That's another man's idea, sir. Bloodstone Circle sounds like rock, paper, scissors from an alternate universe. Oh my god, does the blood beat the stone? How does the circle... Does the circle envelop the rock? And so anyway, get tested, or whatever's happening to Hunter right now might happen to you. <laughs> <laughs>